Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hello and welcome to Better Living a show about the people and organizations that make an impact in our area. I'm your host, Nick Carismi. Coming up on today's program, the highly recommended Jason Dyke of Carson's Village. We start off with a returning guest. Back in the studio after a long absence, Lexi OKK. Now with the AT&T Byron Nelson. She is their community engagement strategist. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Nick. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's good to see you. It is always good to see you. All right, so we first interviewed when you were with another organization. You've been with... The Byron Nelson for how long now? For about a year now. A little over a year. A little over a year. What mm-hmm. do you think? I love it. Really? I love it. Yeah. The AT&T Byron Nelson, the Salesmanship Club, um, all three entities are just amazing. They're known for doing good work. They're known for doing it well. And I just love being a part of the team. Are you a, are you an employee of the Salesmanship Club or of the Byron Nelson? Or is there a difference between that? I don't understand. Sure. So I am an employee of the Salesmanship Club of Dallas, but most of my work is done under the heading of the brand AT&T Byron Nelson. Gotcha. <laughs> All right, that's fine. Is that clear as mud? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. It's very specific. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you know about this tournament before it started happening? Sure. So, actually, because I have been in the nonprofit world for uh, almost 20 years, I've known about the tournament, about the club, about Momentous Institute, actually for years. Um, they just do um, wonderful work. And so, I've known about the, uh, the tournament, been to the tournament um, a couple of times, and so known about uh, just the quality of work and, and what they're trying to do um, for a number of years, actually. I have never been to a professional golf tournament. Do you enjoy it? Is it fun? It is. I got to admit, now that I go from the opposite side, uh, and and so I'm working it, um, it's head down and getting a lot of stuff done. I bet it's crazy. This has to be one of those events where you are planning the entire year. There is no downtime from the Byron Nelson. It's nonstop, 24-7. Correct. Correct. In fact, um, I heard John Drago, our tournament director, say it's about a year and a half planning process. So there's even actually a little overlap when it comes to uh, tournament planning. But then even on top of that, um, my first year, which was this past year, the 2018 tournament, we moved it down to Southern Dallas at the Trinity Forest Golf Club. So that added a layer of almost four to five years of planning as it related to the move. Really? Correct. It's intense. So the first year that you got to do this tournament was the year they moved. Correct. Correct. That's crazy. Um, Yes. And amazing. (laughs) The answer is yes. (laughs) Yes, it is. I tell people it's one of those things you go to a tournament and you can enjoy it. You know, great game of golf. Um, There's always um, amazing fan experience. But when you have an opportunity to get on the other side of what's happening and the planning part, it is incredible. The dance of work that is happening. The operations team. um, It is really breathtaking. The amount of work that the salesmanship club members do and planning 
morning when I heard that there are over 100 uh, committees. That's on the club side alone really? in organizing the tournament. And then we also have what are called Blue Pants, which are the uh, volunteers from the community. Um, they have about 100 committees. And so it is just breathtaking. How many people show up to the tournament over the course of of its run. Sure. So this year we had about 200,000 people. Um, so that's not necessarily in one day's time, but uh, the tournament lasts approximately five days. We've got pro-ams uh, that are happening and then, of course, uh, the days of the tournament. Um, and it's about 200,000 people that we're bussing in, they're driving in, they're Ubering in, um, and they're coming to enjoy the game of golf. Change the city for a week. Yes, certainly that part of uh, that's certainly that part of Dallas. It's it's pretty incredible to see. What did you know about golf before all this started? Um, I knew a few uh, terms. <laughs> <laughs> I knew Jordan Speed. Okay, all right. <laughs> knew his name. Maybe couldn't identify him. Fair enough. But um, and I knew what a golf ball looked like. All right. Good. How about that? <laughs> I did not. I, okay, my family doesn't have any let's say, skin in the golf game. Uh-huh. And my favorite thing about the Byron Nelson, I always think about it, when my sister was in high school, uh-huh. she came home and told my mom that a boy at school had asked her to go to the Byron Nelson, uh-huh. and he didn't know what to say when she said, I don't like country music. She thought that Byron Nelson was a country music artist. artist. And he was like, he's a high school kid, so he got flustered, and then he just uh-huh. walked away. And my mom was like, you got to go tell him yeah. what's going on here. That's not good. And then... I think that she actually ended up going to the golf tournament, which is hilarious. But yeah, I so think I always think about awesome. I always think about Byron Nelson, the country artist <laughs> who doesn't exist. Whenever I think of this golf tournament, all right, let, let's talk about what makes this unique, at least in my opinion. Sure, I'm not sure of any other PGA events mm-hmm. that actually raise money for a good cause. In mm-hmm. this case, the momentous. Institute. Mm-hmm. Is this unique to the Byron Nelson? So actually the way the PGA Tour is set up is they actually ask for their uh, golf tournaments to have some sort of uh, community, nonprofit, charitable giving. So actually the vast majority, if not all um, of the stops on the PGA Tour have some sort of charitable component. So, so that's I, not unusual. So I couldn't have been more wrong. Actually there is an aspect of your question that is right. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. Thank you for digging me out of this ditch. I I will point that out um, because we're working together. Um, (laughs) And that is that the AT&T Byron Nelson or the Salesmanship Club puts on the AT&T Byron Nelson, um, which goes to support uh, Momentous Institute, which is our nonprofit. So all of our profit from the tournament goes to one charity, which is Momentous Institute. The way other stops on the PGA Tour will do is they will have different aspects of their tournament that raise funds for nonprofits, and then they will gather that pool and then split it across sometimes hundreds of nonprofits. Um, But the way we started, we started, the club started in 1920. Momentous Institute was actually founded that same year. And so we've always had a vested interest in the social emotional health of children children and families. And so um, we, instead of going wide with giving to lots of nonprofits, we give to one and go very deep in that area of social emotional health. Big numbers. I looked on the website, which is attbyronnelson.org. It looks like like since 1968, you guys have raised over $160 million 
for this organization. Is that correct? That is correct. That's a lot is of money. Correct. It is. It's a lot of money. And what I love is when you see um, that amount and then you see the actual work, and we always invite folks to give us a call and come out for a tour of our school, and you can understand um, our programs, not just what they are, but really the depth of them. You'll see that we have really been intentional about what does social emotional health look like for children and families. Um, we, of course, have a school that's located here in Dallas in North Oak Cliff. Uh, We serve 248 children and families through that school, but then we also do therapeutic services. Um, We've also got um, our um, arm that pushes out all that we've learned uh, to other nonprofits, other schools, uh, other teachers, and so um, there's just a lot of work that has happened because of that generous gift from the tournament. I didn't know about that teaching aspect that you guys push out, so you guys act as a resource for other schools around the country? Exactly. It's that whole train-the-trainer model, so we've got all of this knowledge as it relates to social emotional health, specifically in schools. Um, And so our thought is, let's bring all of that together and let's figure out ways how we can share that um, out really all across the country. In fact, uh, just a few weeks ago, we launched our online training. And so you can actually um, go online and receive some of the training that we do as it relates to social emotional health in, uh, in the school setting. As you're saying, social emotional health is what Momentous Institute focuses on. For those that want to learn more, their website, MomentousInstitute.org. Just a little bit more about that. It's an actual school or it's just a place for kids to come to after school? Exactly how does Momentous work? It is an actual school. It's a private school, um, and it um, has kids really from all around the community. With last time we checked, they're usually within a five-mile circumference of the school. Um, it is PK three, so three years old, all the way to fifth grade. Um, and so they have an, a, an opportunity to come um, and and learn. Um, so it's definitely an academic school, but also layered with that is the whole idea of social emotional health. So there, there are different things uh, that our kids will do um, uh, that is inclusive of this idea of what does it mean to be able to regulate yourself and your emotions, but also to be able to manage your relationships and your reactions well. Mm. Um, And so uh, there's a whole curriculum that's layered into the academic curriculum. um, And what happens is what we see um, through our research um, and really tracking our kids even beyond the fifth grade is that if a child is really grounded in the ideas of social emotional health, along with good academics, then once they go to really about 60, over 60 different schools after the fifth grade, um, I think our number is around 80, 85 uh, percent will graduate from high school. So it's an astounding number when you really see um, what that ha- uh, how that helps. And there is something there with the ages. I think that yes. we have talked before about this where that up to fifth grade, why not keep going? What you're really doing is setting these kids up. If you learn how to do the things that you're talking about during those ages, you set a foundation that you can grow from. And then from there, like you're saying, Mm -hmm. really positive numbers as far as education, which results in a better life. Absolutely. That is absolutely true. What we found, because we started this work in 1920, we started off actually working with youth, so high school youth and what have you, um, which is fantastic work. And there's still work that we even still do to this day. But we realized if we wanted to make even longer term impact, we wanted to go what's called in the industry further upstream, so younger and younger kids. And so that's why you start in in PK3 um, or with three-year-olds. And so it's amazing to see these kiddos uh, in the morning.
morning, they'll circle up and uh, they'll start to do deep breathing exercises. They learn about their brain. Uh, they learn about all these things that really um, empowers them uh, to be able to manage themselves. Because our kids, if you look at our numbers, we try to get kids that may be defined, uh, and I'm using air quotes, either at the poverty line um, mm -hmm. or below. Um, and that's our attempt, only because we want to say that these children can make it. They can be absolutely su successful. We as adults, though, need to make the decisions as it relates to education and social emotional health that will give them the tools in order to really be successful. How much do you get to deal with the school? Do you actually get to go and see the kids and, and, and see that side of it? So the wonderful thing is we're headquartered uh, with the school. Uh, really? So I get to see the kids every day, and I also have a reading buddy. Uh, so all of our kids at our school um, have a reading buddy. Who's your um, reading buddy? My reading buddy is Saulo. And we see each other once a week for 30 minutes, um, and I read to him. Um, How old is Saulo? Uh -huh, Saulo, he's in the first grade. Uh, okay. So we started last year when he was a kindergartner. Now he's in the first grade, uh, so he's uh, starting to read now. But we just have a lot of fun. Is he doing good? He's doing great. He's really doing great. It's it's fun to be with a child um, and just to see their progress. It's not just the academic progress, but also the social progress. Um, we're there to be another safe adult um, in their uh, in their life. So they've got you know their parents, their family, they've got their teacher, and we're another another one um, that's not necessarily, you know, telling them, okay, you need to do this, you need to do that. It's just another fun interaction. So I love it. So yep, I get to see the kiddos. Lexi OKK is the community engagement strategist for the ATT Byron Nelson, their website, attbyronnelson.org. Let's talk about your work as the community engagement specialist. So how do you work your job? What are you doing for the organization? How are you working that outreach? Sure, sure. It's a great question. Um, and this is kind of a new role, I guess you could say, not only within the organization, but even in the whole sphere of the nonprofit world. And so there's a lot of defining of what that looks like going on. Um, for the AT&T Byron Nelson, we realized that we spent 35 years in Irving. Now we're going to be in Southern Dallas. New relationships, new neighborhood, so many new things that we needed to go ahead and establish. establish. And what happened was we were very focused um, in 2017 in well in Irving. We wanted to give them the love and the attention that they had given us for 35 years. But what it also meant is we hadn't necessarily had the time to focus on what we needed to be doing in Southern Dallas. And so um, I came in to really help the team uh, that I work with. When I say team, that staff club uh, and everybody to really focus on the relationships that need to be built within Southern Dallas. Um, and those relationships and stakeholders are certainly at the uh, mayor and city council level level within the city of Dallas, um, as well as, of course, the neighborhood associations in the footprint of a golf course. And so the first year of my work was really locked in and focused on knowing who those different people are, just getting a name yeah. and an email address, um, but then also beginning to establish the relationships, finding out who on the team would work with those uh, stakeholders uh, to ensure uh, that, of course, the um, the activities around the move would be well and seamless, but then also building a foundation for long-term success in those relationships. My guess would hearing something like the Byron Nelson coming your way would be very well received. Uh, was it exciting being a part of that move and, and bringing more people to this project? 
I love it because um, I think all of us would have loved to have uh, your being a cheerleader and positive um, as we're going in. I think there was a little bit of concern and intimidation, you know, with any kind of new relationship. Mm. Um, How will we be received? Um, You know, we had been there was a comfort in being in Irving in 35 years. Um, As our tournament, John Drago would say um, in Irving, if there was something that needed to be fixed, they knew exactly who to call. Um, in order to have that happen. But that wasn't necessarily the case with Dallas. And so it was a lot of work and energy and intentionality around um, ensuring that people understood that we want to be good neighbors. We want this to be a good um, win for Southern Dallas. Uh, We want this to be a great opportunity, um, of course, for the tour, for the PGA Tour. Um, and um, our hosts, the Training Forest Golf Club. Uh, But then, of course, obviously a great net for Momentous Institute. And so um, there was a lot of thought into, okay, how can we make that happen? Um, And for us, there were just some things that we had to say right from the get-go, okay, this is what we're going to do. And then we react and respond based off of what we're hearing and go from there. So were you brought in specifically because of your experience in that area, I mean, it looks like the time that they decided to move was about the time that you were brought in. So were you brought in specifically for that mission? Great question. So I was brought in specifically for that mission. They had been thinking about knowing that they needed someone to work on it for a while. Um, it was just a kind of, I think it was a perfect storm, and I always believe in the right timing uh, for things. So things worked out, I think, really well for all of us. But my specific focus this first year was the footprint of the golf course. Um, and when I say that, there are some specific uh, neighborhoods um, that we really focused on and some specific relationships even at the council level. Uh, that we focused on uh, just to ensure that we could have good relationships. What kind of things were you doing when you say good relations? Mm -hmm. Are you talking about just there's going to be extra people in the neighborhood or is it people who live near the golf course? Mm -hmm. What what exactly did you have to do there? Yeah, and we actually have a very specific answer to that because um, we had to develop what what does what does it look like? What is relationship building going to look like so that we can all be on the same page? Because like I said, there were multiple team members involved. For us, the very first thing and probably the most important thing was listen. Um, we said um, this is a an area of the city that actually has a lot of historical context and things that have happened. And so instead of us going in and we can talk about what our plan is, it relates to the tournament. Um, but more than anything, we needed to honor the residents by really just listening, um, understanding who they are, who they are, what their story is individually and collectively um, and what the history is. And honestly, in that Um, process of really prioritizing that particular activity. Um, We heard some absolutely amazing things about uh, the Pleasant Grove area of Dallas. And so it was a really beautiful opportunity for us. Um, The next thing was we knew that there were some very key things that we needed to communicate. So we said, how are we going to communicate those things out? And so we were very intentional about creating opportunities for uh, community engagement through community meetings. So uh, we hosted an event, um, an initial meeting at the Audubon Center, um, Councilman Atkins, um, as well as council in a partnership with Councilman Callahan, uh, hosted several community meetings. Uh, we did a community meeting in Spanish. We met with the Southeast Dallas Chamber of Commerce. We met with the Southeast Dallas 
Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. We met with the Dallas Black uh, Chamber of Commerce. We met with the Dallas Black Contractors Association. We met with, after, after it was all over, about 14 or 15 different entities down in uh, that sector uh, just to listen, like I said, and to share uh, some important information. I had no idea the amount of work that it would take to move something like this. Obviously, no small undertaking, yeah. but I figure, hey, Y'all want a big golf tournament? Great. <laughs> and then you just discuss dates. So, I mean, this is a massive undertaking. Do you think that it has added an extra dimension to the tournament itself, moving into this location, being, I would, I believe, closer to the school? It seems like it works better. Would you agree with that? You know, it's interesting. Um, this is how we really look at the tournament. And our tournament director yesterday in a meeting that we had um, shared something really important and, and really, um, I don't know, it just really moved me. Um, he spoke about playing the long game, um, about long-term relationships, about, you know, not looking at things as far as, you know, just what we did last year or even things that we're working to improve for this year. But what do we want the tournament to look like 10, 20, even the next 50 years? And so, you know, everything that we do, it's really from that scope. And so even with the move, we love the fact that we're able to be in partnership with the city of Dallas and with AT&T and really all of our partners to be a part of bringing um, vitality and energy um, into that part of Dallas. Um, I must say, and I, I promise you it's in relationship to your question, one of the um, neighborhoods that we got to hear from when we were doing all these community meetings is the Deepwood community. And Deepwood um, is known because the residents from that community had to sue the city of Dallas in order to shut down the illegal dump that actually Train Forest Golf Clubs, or our golf course, is built on top of. And at one time, that illegal dump was the largest dump in the state of Texas. Um, it burned. It caused a lot of issues, not just with the illegal traffic, but also with the pollution in that particular community. And the residents had been trying to get um, attention from the city level, but also from even state in order to get folks to shut it down, and they just wouldn't. And so they had to go the legal route um, and, um, and sue the city. Um, and so one of the things we got to do is actually meet some of the plaintiffs that shut that down and bring them out to the golf course when we had the tournament going on so they could see really the fruit of of their hard work that they had no idea would happen. And so when we say we play the long game, those are the types of things we're talking about. There's a lot more story to this than just being a golf course. You think about what you've done for the Momentous Institute over the decades, and mm -hmm. you think that's the story. But you're really talking about this going a lot deeper into the city of Dallas and especially the residents and the way that good civic action can help change an entire area, hopefully with your work here, a generation. That's got to be something that you guys focus on the most when you're thinking about each golf tournament. It is. It is. It's what we think about. Um, and it's one of the things that even we got asked in the early days of the meetings. The, the community wants to know, we're glad you're coming here. You know, you'll benefit from the things that we've done. 
How can the community benefit from the tournament? And we think that's a fair question. We think any neighborhood would ask the exact same thing. And so we said, you know, let's sit down and let's make a plan for what that looks like. And so um, now one of the things that we talk about is three of our, our vendors who have been amazing um, hire some of uh, our folks from uh, Southern, Southern Dallas community um, for the work that they do for the tournament. And so, uh, and then on top of that, our concessions vendor, uh, they hire some of those folks or some of the nonprofits to come in and run their concession stand. And then those nonprofits receive um, some of the profit from those concession stands. So there are ways that we look for that makes sense within the work that we do for so that the community could benefit. You can always talk about what you hope for mm-hmm. uh, an, an event to be or, or what you hope to get from it. Were you able to talk with these people in these groups after the tournament to see how the experience was for them and did it pay off in the way mm-hmm. that they had hoped? Absolutely, absolutely. In fact, because this was a move um, and we moved the tournament, we had the tournament, and then we went into a very very detailed debrief process with all of our stakeholders. So it certainly included the community, but it also included um, our sponsors, our club members, our volunteers, you know, just uh, numerous stakeholders. So absolutely, um, we went to our neighborhood association presidents, our council folks, folks within the city of Dallas and said, okay, how was it for you from your perspective? What were some of the wins that you experienced? What were some of the things that we can, you know, do better on that we can work uh, Uh, to improve and so by and large the response especially from the community has been we loved it we felt like you guys included us Um, we just love the opportunity um, to be a part of it in the way that you did it one of the things I forgot to mention is on Wednesday of the tournament we um, open the tournament for free admission, um, which we had never done before. Um, it was a way of us celebrating our 50th anniversary, uh, 50th anniversary, but also we wanted to make sure the community felt like um, they could absolutely be a part of the tournament. And so we looked for ways that we could do that, and their, their response was we absolutely felt included. On that Wednesday, did you see a lot of people out that you probably wouldn't maybe normally see? We did. We saw a big bumping number on <laughs> Wednesday, <laughs> so, which was very fun for us. We actually ended up saying, I think the number we reported was about 10,000 folks. Um, I don't know what our 2017 number and previous numbers were, but that for us was a really great number for the Wednesday. The tournament lasts five days. Real quick, what is that week like for you? Mm -hmm. You spend so much time planning for something like this. I could see it going one of two ways. Mm -hmm. It's either off and running and it's almost a little bit easier than normal, or it's the most stressful week of the year for you. So which Mm -hmm. is it? (laughs) So for me, yes. (laughs) Uh, right okay i kind of figured that's the answer to that question um so but i'll give a little bit of detail so yes by the it was actually by the sunday before the tournament um i could tell my team you know what let's we can now focus on golf um because i actually had an event that um friday before um where we hosted uh business leaders um and entrepreneurs uh, to come out and see the golf tournament from the operations side so that we could then and start to look at possible vendors for next year. Um, so anyway, so that was the Friday before the tournament. Um, Saturday, Sunday, we could then all, from the community engagement perspective, start to focus on just let's make sure golf, good golf is being played. Um, but then throughout the week, I've got community 
members and community leaders, and I'm hosting the Deepwood Plaintiffs, and I'm doing different things. So it's definitely not as intense. Um, yeah, we're just focused on making sure everything goes great, especially this year. There was so much uh, to make sure. There was a done. lot going on. We just wanted someone to show up when the doors opened. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you at right now? When you think we we looked it up, mm-hmm. the the tournament is on between May sixth and twelfth mm-hmm. of twenty nineteen. So yep. just so people can get a little snapshot of sure. where you guys are at, what are you working on right now? Sure. So the whole team um, is working very hard on uh, basically the commitments or responding to uh, really the feedback from last year's tournament. So um, like I said, we've got this actual huge folder of feedback from last year's tournament. We group them into different categories of, of what needs to be worked on for this year. Our tournament chairman has created priorities, um, and so we we as uh, tournament staff are now just working on, okay, what are the um, uh, financial implications of some of the solutions we're coming up with and how is that going to be uh, worked into the budget and and, and, and those types of considerations. Um, we're also developing as a staff, what are the ideas uh, that we want to uh, execute on uh, for this next tournament? And so um, those go through a pretty lengthy uh, process of evaluation. Uh, so we're working on that right now, um, and we're developing our calendar for what that'll look like for the year for staff as well as club members. Um, the tournament chairs have been um, appointed, so they're getting their committees together. Uh, it is a thing. The deepest stages of planning <laughs> yes. sounds like where you guys are at. We are. The big stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could go on and on. I'm but, sure you yeah. can. I don't doubt that. Um it was it was great seeing you again. Yes. Don't forget the AT&T Byron Nelson happening May 6th through 12th at Trinity Forest Golf Club in Dallas. All proceeds are donated to the Momentous Institute, their website, momentousinstitute.org. Promise me you'll come back before the tournament. I will. And bring somebody else along so we can learn more about it, get the word out, and get maybe a few more people out to the tournament I don't think you'll need. Like, I don't think it's going to be a problem. I'm sure that you will. But um, we appreciate your help. I, I want to be a part of it. Let's see, yes. OKK, community engagement strategist for the AT&T Byron Nelson. One more time, their website, attbyronnelson.org. It was great seeing you. Thank you, you again. You as well. Thank you, Nick. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.